welcome to episode 31 of Anatomy of Tone. In this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss choosing a delay pedal that might be appropriate for your application, as well as just discussing some oversights about troubleshooting gear on a gig or rehearsal. Before we get into that, I have released a few new videos on my YouTube channel, which is Anatomy of Tone. One this week is about using leading tones in your solos and improvisations to set up a sense of resolution. If you dig in this podcast, please give me a review on Apple Podcasts that just helps other people that might be into this podcast discover it. Let's talk about troubleshooting gear on a rehearsal or a gig. I was on a rehearsal yesterday. I was playing drums and the guitarist was having an issue with a pedal from Walrus, which was, uh, I think it was like a delay reverb. May have had multi effects of each of those on it. It was just acting erratically and didn't seem to make sense, like how it was behaving. And we were discussing it and all of a sudden he fixed it and I asked him what he did. And he mentioned that he just unplugged it and plugged it back in again. Uh, I wasn't sure if he just meant he power cycled it or if he also just unplugged the input and plugged it back in again. It brought up a real interesting point because this pedal in particular was a digital pedal and digital pedals are like mini computers. Sometimes you have to reboot them in order for them to reset themselves. One way that you can prep yourself to know if you need to do this is if the pedal is acting in a way that you can't explain. In this particular case, I think his pedal wasn't bypassing. Something weird was happening when he was trying to turn the pedal off or the effect off. And that's just immediately, it's, wait a minute, this is not normal behavior. What do I do about it? And he figured it out. And it just brought up a really great point in my mind to just remember when we're dealing with digital pedals that they are computers and sometimes you have to reboot. So you can't treat them in the same way that you would treat an analog pedal. So an analog pedal, you would have to troubleshoot elsewhere or cycling might not necessarily help an analog pedals. I will often consider other options. Is it receiving the right power? If it's battery operated, is the battery dying? Is that why it's acting erratically? The cables connected properly did they come loose at all is there anything happening there is uh, something weird going on with uh, the settings on the pedal make sure it didn't bump any settings and these are some of the just the typical approaches i make to an analog pedal which will usually solve it unless the pedal is failing which then that's its own problem but you have to add another element into the picture when you're dealing with digital pedals because as i keep saying over and over again they're a computer or like they would say in the twilight zone they're robots i've discussed gear failure and other podcasts it's just always helpful to bring it up again just discuss it then always go to the source if you're you're getting problems and you can't quite attach it to a specific pedal in this case the guitar player jeff he was able to just connect it right to this one pedal being a problem but often if i'm experiencing weirdness the first thing i'll do is i'll take my guitar cable coming from my guitar and plug it straight into the amp and make sure that the guitar the amplifier is working perfectly fine and then i will check the cable that goes from the pedal board to the amp make sure that, that cable is working perfectly fine and that allows me to diagnose that there's an issue that's happening somewhere within my pedal chain which then i can start to go through it but i don't go through my pedal chain first because i want to eliminate the 
bigger picture problems first and just make sure that the guitar and the amplifier and the cables for those two connections are healthy and then I'll start going through my pedals. It just really helps to have a systematic process for troubleshooting that when you're feeling the pressure, especially on stage, to jump into the set and your mind is racing and it just helps to have a system in place to hopefully reduce some of that pressure and alleviate the problem in the quickest manner possible. Let's discuss choosing a delay pedal. There are so many on the market, it becomes really confusing to get through the, the, the sheer volume of options that exist today, which is nice because there used to be not many options. It's not necessarily a bad thing, but it does make it a little more difficult if you don't have a lot of experience and knowledge of how delay pedals work or what the various differences in the styles or the qualities or you're not even sure what you're looking for in a delay pedal. I just want to talk about that this week just to give you a little bit of an overview of the thought process that I have when I'm choosing a delay pedal or when I purchased the various delay pedals I have. The first thing to do is to assess the way that you're going to be using the pedal. Are you playing only in the studio? Are you doing a lot of live gigs? What are the type of live gigs are you doing? Are you doing like a Broadway show where you need to have presets? Are you playing a bar gig? Are you playing in places where you're not comfortable bringing really expensive gear because people could spill beer on it or it could get stolen out of a truck? Or so You see there's like immediately a lot of initial concerns that we need to have before I even discuss tone and other factors. The first thing is how are you going to be using the delay pedals? For me, I tend to use a variety of delay pedals. I like analog delays and I like early digital delays like from the early 80s. I tend to use fairly expensive delay pedals. I don't play a lot of gigs where I worry about things getting spilled on them, beer, wine, or anything like that. I play bars, but I, you, people aren't that close to the stage and stuff. So that's not so much of an issue for me. And I also do a lot of studio work. I personally don't need to use presets. I'm not a fan of them. I understand that there are some theatrical shows where you need to immediately go from one sound to another. And Broadway is just a great example for this because it's just needs to it's a well-oiled machine you need to move from song to song and there might be pretty different delay settings depending on the show that you're on that might follow one another and you need to have everything laid out so every single night it could just be very consistent and then it makes really a lot of sense to use a delay pedal that has options for multiple banks of presets but i'm not really doing those type of gigs right now so for me I'm just picking a delay pedal that could do one or two delays and I alternate through them on the gig or I might make a few alterations to either one of them, but mainly I'm living on one to two delays, which is my preference. I don't really like dealing with presets on most gigs. I'm a hands-on person. I like to be able to tweak things in the moment often, depending on the gain staging of the amplifier and how loud you're playing on stage the delays can change a little bit, meaning they could either become more saturated because your amp is being pushed harder 
or they could sound not saturated enough so they don't appear to be as loud as they did at home on the gig and you might need to make some changes and I don't want to do any menu diving when I have to make those changes. I just want to have instant interaction with my pedals. For that reason, the delay pedals I use also have all the parameters adjustable right on top of the pedal. I don't have, and I'm not using anything that I have to do any menu diving to adjust. And this even goes for the digital delays that I'm using. Step two in choosing a delay pedal is still not about the sound style. It is the size. How big of a pedal board are you using? Do you need to keep it small and light because you're traveling maybe on a train or on a bus and you can't carry a, a large pedal board and you also need to have a tuner on there and an overdrive and who knows what else you need for that particular gig. So the size is going to play a factor here. How important is the delay on that gig? Is the delay really just adding a little color here and there and it's not a major player in the overall presentation? Of the sound if it's a big time player in the presentation of on the gig then the size of the delay pedal is going to have a little more importance than say maybe the size of a, a chorus or another pedal that you're using yeah there's a bit of a hierarchy when you're putting a pedal board together for a gig you have to have your anchor effects with the ones that are the most important on the gigs and then you'll have other pedals that are just like color pedals that they don't carry as much weight in the sound. So if you have to sacrifice sound on one of those then or size, you would do it for one of the color type pedals that don't carry as much sonic weight on the gig. So I'm assessing this with the delay. Is the delay there just to add a little bit of depth and space in certain sections? Am I playing guitar parts that are very much like the edge in U2 and the delay is really upfront and the character is going to be exposed? That's going to lead me to using a more of a, a specialized delay pedal that may be bigger than I would like for a pedal board. Okay, so once you assess the size requirements for your pedal board and what you can fit considering everything else you need now we're going to start thinking about sound and we're going to start considering whether we want to use an analog type delay sound or we want to use a digital or we use a tape delay type sound these are all very different and i encourage you to spend some time with each of them to really understand how they affect the delay repeats. Tape and analog tend to melt and meld together more than digital does, which keeps the delay a lot more clear. Sometimes you might want them to be more distinct, but other times you might like when they get mushy and glue together. I'm a big fan of gooey delays where the tape delays and they just start to, to congeal after they repeat enough times because the, the repeats degenerate on the tape and the repeats degenerate on the tape and it just makes them more lo-fi. And analog delay does a similar thing, not to the same extent, but the repeats are definitely grainier than the initial sound that you've played. I'm considering this with the gig because this is going to lead me in a couple of different directions of which digital delay do I want to use, which analog delay I want to do. This leads me in a specific direction in choosing a pedal that's going to fit that gig. And one thing I will say about experimenting with the various styles of digital delay, analog delay, and tape delay is I would encourage you not to use a multi-effects pedal that is meant to mimic those sounds because they really don't. I would encourage you to get a pedal that 
pretty authentically emulates a tape delay. The, the one I think does it the closest is actually the Strymon El Capistan. They've done a really great job with that pedal. I actually have a real tape echo and I use it a lot. I used to take it to gigs all the time. I just haven't been carrying as much stuff to gigs lately and it, it's the size of a toaster. I don't bring it out as much. I've been using the El Capistan, but in comparing that, it sounds pretty close. Now, it doesn't replace my full tone tube tape echo, but it does give me a lot of what I need for that for a lot of gigs and it makes it practical. Also the El Capistan does have a few unique sounds on it because it doesn't sound exactly like my tube tape echo. Sometimes I do use the El Capistan in the studio because it has a very specific warble and, and uh, chorusy type effect to it that I find really lovely. And for analog delays, I'm really into using the Analog Man ARDX20. It's, I think that's a fantastic analog delay, which has two analog delays in it that are, you could switch them with a foot switch and have two different settings with either speeds or feedback amount or level amount. This is a true Bucket Brigade analog delay pedal, which is fantastic and it acts and sounds like an analog delay. One of the things that also occurs with multi-effects units is that sometimes they just mimic analog delay or tape delay by just EQing and rolling off the top end, but that's not authentic to the way they operate. Often multi-effects units don't do a great job at emulating the way that the degradation happens, meaning meaning the rate that it starts to deteriorate and melt together. This is why using a real analog delay such as the Analog Man will give you some experience and understand how that, I'd say, curve of degradation affects your guitar tone. Now for the digital delay, I really like the Korg SDD3000. I think they're out of production now. You could still find some available. I really love mine. It has a very particular has a very particular preamp in it which the edge used to use into a vox ac30 it just compresses ever so slightly and adds just a nice amount of push to the front end of the amplifier which just excites it in a really nice way and the std 3000 is an early digital delay pedal because of that it has a very specific sound to it in the sense that it's a cleaner reproduction of the sound, but it's not as clean as, say, some of the modern digital delays, which are almost like, a, to me, they sound more brittle than the initial instance of the sound. SDD3000 still has some interesting warmth to the digital delays because there is still a little bit of sonic degradation there and that gives it character. I really like character. I'm not a fan of things that are quote transparent which is a word that i hate but things that don't have personality i love pedals that have personality and the sdd 3000 has personality all of these pedals have all the parameters on the deck so you can adjust them in real time and speaking of preamps i also think there's something really special about the preamp in the full tone tube tape echo and the real original echoplexes the ep34s and, and in the original echoplexes they just do something special when they're in front of your amplifier that you can't get 
just by plugging straight into the amplifier. I will say that's one thing that perhaps Strymon fell a little short on. That is creating the preamp sound. I sometimes use a Exotic Effects EP booster after the delay to get a little bit of that echoplex preamp sound back in my signal chain to truly emulate what my tube tape echo does where i get a little bit of the the preamp and the uh, the, the tape effect sound now it's a slightly different preamp than my tube tape echo because the tube tape echo is based on the tube echoplex and the ep booster is based on the solid state echoplex but regardless it still helps because i get like about a db of push in front of my amplifier and it also does add some of that sonic presence and tightness that i really like that the preamp and an echoplex adds to your signal chain all of these pedals are fairly large pedals at least let's see that the el capistan out of all those is probably the smallest one the SDD 3000 is a rather large pedal and that, that's a pretty big commitment to have on your pedal board. It does save presets and banks in it. It does give you the option if you need that for a gig that you can save a lot of presets and recall them, which is nice if you're looking for that digital delay sound. And the Analog Man is about the size of two pedals put together. If you think of the standard MXR style pedal, uh, it's not huge and it does give us two channels of delay but it is a little larger than say an mxr carbon copy which aren't horrible but i've grown to not love their sound and i've found them to be somewhat unreliable i've seen them break quite a bit the El happy stand is the, the smallest out of all of those but if you're pairing it with the ep booster then it's about the size of the analog man which i don't use a, a boost pedal or a preamp with because it just sounds great on its own and again it's not like the El happy stand doesn't sound good on its own it's just to get it to really sound like a tape echo i use the ep booster to to create that authentic sound and there is one really cool alternative i've been using recently and it is the universal audio delverb and in the delverb they've taken three algorithms from their echoes that they make for their plugins which i use uad plugins primarily for mixing and they're my favorite plugins i just think they've done a wonderful job and they also have three reverb algorithms in it so the delays are their echoplex their tape echoplex delay they have a bucket brigade and analog delay and they have like their precision delay which is a very modern sounding digital delay where i was talking about where it's very like uh, clean and almost cleaner on the repeats it's pretty bright all the articulation or the attack of your notes stays very present and they're the repeats whereas on analog delay the transients get chopped off each time the repeats happen the same thing with tape delay the delverb is cool because it is maybe the size of the el capi stance a little deeper maybe it's a little more narrow now it's about the the same width it's just a little deeper than the el capi stamp but it has delay and reverb in it which brings up another point about gigs sometimes you need to have both delay and reverb on a gig and you need it to consume as little space on your pedal board as possible because let's say that those sounds are important but you need to have two overdrives and a fuzz pedal and a lot of gain that's happening on this particular gig you're doing so bringing a bigger pedal isn't going to be great and as great as the el capi stand is you also need the reverb and the el capi stand has a hidden 
reverb that's on the earlier units and now they've actually put a dedicated knob on it to spring reverb and it's actually a really fantastic sounding spring reverb believe it or not it's one of my favorites on a pedal you might need more variety with reverb let's say hall reverbs and plate reverbs for more ambient work so that's not going to be the ideal choice this is where the del verb comes in because they've done a really wonderful job it is a digital pedal but it sounds very analog and it's pretty much some of their algorithms from their plugins which are fantastic in a pedal form this allows you to turn on one of three reverbs a plate a hall spring and one of the delays which is a tape analog or digital one at a time combine them together it doesn't have presets in it per se and you can load sounds using the iphone app but that's not necessarily a great idea when you're in the middle of a set it's more like you're going to load some presets or some sound recipes before the gig and then you're going to go do the gig and if you have a different gig you need different sound recipes for you'll load them via the, the phone that way so it's not really like a preset pedal but it really works amazing as a pedal that takes up i would say a, a minimal amount of space on your pedal board which covers a lot of ground on a gig and i will say that it sounds really great and usually when you have to make this choice of combining a delay and a reverb conserving space you have to take quite a bit of a hit on the tonal quality of it okay this is sound as nice as my other ones but i have to use it because i need to have multiple gain pedals or multiple modulation pedals i don't really feel that way with the delver i'm not throwing out my surfy bear spring weaver or my chase bliss cxm 1978 but it's making a nice addition to those pedals because again it comes down to size too there's times i don't want to take the cxm on a gig or the surfy bear on a gig so they're too big or there's various reasons i might want not want to take them as i mentioned earlier and this is where the delver works really great and i'm not really suffering there's some of the imperfections or surprises that happen with the surfy bear that I would miss if I was in the studio, but in a live setting, the Delver being more predictable is completely fine in that situation. But it doesn't mean that it replaces the Analog Man ARDX20 either, because again, that has two delays on it. So there's two different delay settings I can change through, and it's a true analog delay. You have to consider all of these options when you're choosing one. It's not just about any one of these elements in their own, right? You have to Combine them together and that helps narrow your search. And that'll help thin out the herd in some ways so that you're not looking at a hundred different delay and weaver pedals. And although there's a lot of options, there's really, in my opinion, only a handful that I think rise to the top. As far as having that tonal integrity, it sounds harsh. It's not like other companies are making poorly made products. I just don't resonate with their sound or they tend to sound more generic to my ears, which is where the carbon copy comes into place or the Boss digital delays. Boss pedals are super reliable and they've been around forever and they're made well. I just don't like the sound of the buffers and their delays, at least their digital delays, are a little too brittle to my ears. Now, their early analog delays were one of the early analog delays and they were actually pretty great they did have a thing going was it the DM1 is a fantastic pedal but again I'm just not crazy over the sound of the buffers in them this is another situation this is another element we have to consider is that do we like buffered pedals if you don't then you're going to have to consider what pedals you're using that are buffered 
And if you want what they call spillover, so spillover allows the reverb tails, allows the delay tails to continue after you turn off the pedal. Most of my pedals I use because they're analog, they don't allow that feature. Digital delays will allow that feature, in, but in often but often they're not true bypass when they have the spillover. That's not to say every buffer is bad, so it's just worth experimenting with and finding out for your own what you like. And you might really like the sound of the boss buffers. Many people do. I just don't. It just doesn't fit into what inspires me sonically when I hear a sound coming through an amplifier. Let's listen to some examples that I've created using the various delays I have. I'm going to start off with the full tone tube tape echo. I'm going to pair that with the Effectrode Delta Tram and the Effectrode Tube Drive. And I'm also running through a Victoria Tweed Pro, which is their model 35115. <laughs> One thing I really like about the 35115 Tweed is it has a 15 inch speaker in it and it's fine that the highs are a little silkier and the lows are warmer. Now it's not tubby, despite it having a 15 inch speaker, it's actually just richer and warmer, which works really well for slide guitar. I'm going to switch to using a 1964 Guild Starfire 3 with a Bigsby on it. This is going to go into the full tone tube tape echo into the Victoria 35115 again. I was also using the Effectrode PC2A, which is an LA2A style tube compressor in a pedal, which is really fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to switch to the Universal Audio Delverb. We're going to use some synths to start out, and I'm going to end on guitar. I was using an analog Dave Smith OB6 synth. Stick with the OB6, but use the precision delay setting on the Delver.
Now I'm going to use an ARP 2600M with the tape delay setting on the Delverb. Delverb example, I'm going to use the Seeker MK1 tone bender paired with the tape delay setting on the Delverb for a gritty, garagey, broken type sound. Switch to the El Capistan from Strymon now. Also using a Les Paul standard with Voodoo 59 pickups. I did replace the caps and the tailpiece to an aluminum tailpiece and rewired it as well. I'm running into a Marshall SV20 Plexi. using the Les Paul and the Plexi. I'm getting more of a grunge type sound with the El Capistan now, so it's on a shorter slapback, but there's a really cool warble that happens and modulation that I really like on it that you'll hear in this example. to combine a series of effects to hear how the Strymon sounded in like a bigger sound design situation. So I'm using the Walrus Monument. I'm using Exotic Robotalk. So the Monument's a tremolo and the Robotalk is like a random filter that's a really interesting effect. Thank you. 
one thing to note about that example is I was using a special box that was a prototype that never officially got released that basically has a parallel effects blender that allows you to run your pedals in parallel and I had the Robotalk on one of the parallel channels and the Monument Tremolo on another one so they weren't actually interacting with each other they were stacking on top of each other so it was almost like having an analog mixing board where you're splitting your signal out to numerous directions and processing them separately now I believe there is a company that now makes a parallel processing pedal I don't know that it has as many channels as this particular one does but parallel processing could be a really cool effect when you're combining different modulation and time-based effects. I'm going to switch to the Analog Man ARDX20 using a Wurlitzer sound. Filtering you heard on there is from a RMC Real McCoy Picture Wah, which is my all-time favorite Wah pedal. If you like Wah-Wahs, check out the Real McCoy because it just doesn't get any better. It's such a fantastic sounding and well-made Wah pedal. I'm going to switch to an ARP 2600M analog synth paired with the ARDX20. <laughs> Vox AC15 with a Seeker MK1 tone bender and the ARDX20 to create some very weird sounds. I was also using an SG Custom with Mercury One pickups by Gemini. Check it out. Lastly, but not least, we're going to check out the Korg SDD-3000. This first example is using a DC-59 Dan Electro with Gemini lipstick pickups in it. And it's run into a Vox AC-15. And then I'm using the SDD-3000 as a, a more of a cleaner, authentic replication of the original sound. So I'm not having any signal degradation happening. Also, the SDD-3000 does have some nice filters on it. So you can cut off some of the highs and lows, which is not available on 
all delays. So it basically can help you make sure that your delays aren't too bright or that they don't get too muddy and overpower your mix. There's also a really nice modulation or an LFO inside the SDD3000 that can create some nice modulation effects. This next example uses one of my favorite combinations, which is an American Standard Strat loaded with FSC 59 pickups in it. That is running into an Effectrode Mercury tube fuzz pedal, which is very interesting because it doesn't act like a lot of silicon fuzz pedals does. So it doesn't sound anything like a Big Muff or even a Germanium fuzz pedal, like an original fuzz face. It doesn't sound like that. It has its own particular unique drive. Definitely a fuzz pedal, but I feel like it has more attack than a lot of fuzz pedals do and it's not quite as compressed so I get a little more clarity of all the notes combined if you're playing chords it doesn't mud out quite as much as I would say happens with a lot of other fuzz pedals <laughs> enjoyed those examples I intentionally didn't just use the same example for every pedal some of you were saying it would have been easier to compare them to me for this particular episode it wasn't the point I was more trying to demonstrate how I'm using the sounds of various delay pedals to fit certain environments or situations I have multiple ones as I'm sure a lot of you probably will have because one just doesn't do it all but there are going to be some that you use definitely for certain scenarios especially when it comes for live settings which have more limitations than the studio does the studio we tend to use a lot more variety of delays because we don't have to worry about the size of our pedal board and many other factors and presets or anything like that so we could just base it on sound which gives us a lot more flexibility Thanks for joining me for episode 31 of Anatomy of Tone. You can find me at anatomyofguitartone.com if you have any questions or you want to reach out and inquire about taking private guitar lessons or music theory lessons or music composition lessons. Be glad to discuss and see if we're a good match for one another. Catch you next time.